for the second straight week. He's on the call of the Arizona Cardinals, this time in Glendale against the New York Giants. The one and only Mark Schlereth joins us for his weekly visit here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Always a, always a pleasure to connect with you guys. Good. Uh, thank you so much for being flexible, too. We had some technical issues yesterday, so we, we appreciate you making yourself available on Thursday. Hey, for you guys, are you kidding me? This is uh, one of my, as far as you guys know, this is my favorite thing to do every week. <laughs> as far as we know. As far as we know. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah I, I, I uh, scheduled this down. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. Sometimes I get... Uh, tingly before I go to bed on Tuesdays thinking, man, I get to talk to these guys. Well, Tomorrow it's going to be awesome. You have a you have a dramatic impact on our audience. In fact, people still ask us about yarbles on the back of pickup trucks because of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. To, I'm glad to have such a, a remarkable, I make such a remarkable <laughs> impact on people's lives. I'm like a, I'm like a pastor of uh, a big church. Exactly. Alright, so you did the Cardinals last week. You're doing them this mm-hmm. week. You know Jonathan Gann in a little bit. Jonathan Gannon is also, a, I, he must be public enemy number one in Philadelphia. Their media will not let that whole thing go. Uh, but from your vantage point, as a guy that, that knows a good leader from a bad leader, tell, tell us again, reset what you think of Jonathan Gannon. Oh, I think he's a remarkable man. He is, he is such a high energy, um, legit, like what he says he does. Um, really good relationship builder. Um, he's just one of those guys that, I mean, it was evident. It, it was just evident. You know, so many stories that are absolute garbage about tanking this and tanking that. And we talked about, you know, how, how as a player you're putting everything on, everything's on your resume, right? And and as a coach, too. And just the way they flew around, they were so impressive on the defensive side of the football last Sunday. And, you know, I mean, had a couple of, you know, aggression penalties, a couple of personal fouls. They had that one drive where they gave up 67 yards of penalties. Um, but I, I just he preaches violence. He preaches aggression. He preaches that on the defensive side of the ball. I thought, I thought they were remarkable defensively. And fun, you know, fun like a guy like Dennis Gardick, who's to me, every time I see him on film, in the limited time I saw him on film as more of a special teams player last year, he's making a sack, he's making a play. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're like, well, that's going to be my guy then. I'm going to give him opportunity to go out there. He's earned that. Players respect that. They respect it when a coach sees what they see. They're like, why isn't this guy playing more, man? He just makes plays. And so. I just respect that aspect of, of what he does. I respect the the culture change. You know, you can say whatever you want about what you got in return for players, but if he thinks players aren't committed or if he thinks players aren't aren't part of the program, he's just going to move them. And um, and I think there's I think that's you know I always say this. There's two types of fear in the NFL. Two types of fear that a coach must have. There's the biblical sense of fear, which is like when you hear in the Bible the fear of the Lord. It's not about being afraid of the Lord. It's about having an awesome reverence or respect for the Lord. Okay, that's one type of fear, and I believe you have to have that. The other type of fear is I will cut your ass without even thinking about it <laughs> if you don't if you don't do what I'm asking you to do, and that is imperative to have that type of fear. There's an accountability factor that goes along with that, and Jonathan has both of those things, and and 
I, I'm just a I'm just a fan of the way he operates his football team. Mark Schlereth, our weekly guest, talking NFL here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. I agree with everything you said about the defensive side of the ball. Very pleasantly surprised with the energy and passion they played with. They've got a lot of challenges offensively. You saw them. Uh, they started at the quarterback position. It's kind of a no-win situation for Josh Dobbs. But how much improvement do you think can be made from week one to week two in, in such a challenging quarterback situation? Well, I think obviously, I think there there can be improvement made, but you know you have to look at it from the standpoint of brand new offense for all eleven guys, and now your quarterback's been there what twenty one days, mm-hmm. um, twenty two days, something like that. So you know it's ultimately you don't have a great rapport with each receiver. You know, in today's age of football, you spend the whole off season throwing routes and doing all those things. Quarterbacks usually take their guys or they go meet somewhere and they spend three or four days just working on routes and getting to know one another and building those relationships. You know, Dobbs comes in and 17 days later he's starting against Washington. Um, you know, in, a, in an incredible environment, by the way. Just mm. out, It reminded me of when I played there in the 90s, late 80s and early 90s. It was you want to talk about a crowd that was raucous and, and like they had everybody. They had Billy Kilmer there and Sonny Jurgensen was there and, and John Riggins was there and Charles Mann was there and Daryl Green. And, you know, it was a cavalcade of who, who, who's who. Um, and the, and the crowd just was crazy. So it's so hard. You don't have, you don't have, you know, continuity. Uh, you haven't played much together. You don't know your guys. Um, even one of their big plays out of kind of an unscouted look where Rondell Moore comes back into the backfield in, in a, you know, a split running back set. I mean, and they run, I think they ran the reverse on that one to uh, Hollywood Brown, maybe. Like they're bumping, Connor and him are bumping into each other in the backfield. It's, I mean, it's a, it's an absolute, you know, uh, just a absolute disaster. And it turns out to be a really good unscouted play. But like a lot of that stuff is, is there's a lack of, connection sure. and a lack of execution because you haven't played together and, and that's you know that's part of the issue Mark Schlereth our weekly guest uh, talking NFL here with us on uh, Bickley and Murata mornings uh, the Giants are an interesting case. Lots of eyeballs on them. They get absolutely blown out in disastrous fashion on Sunday night football. And, you know, after week one of the season, you always have these possibilities. Is Dallas that good? Are the Giants that bad? I mean, what, what did you see from the Giants in, in prep for this game? Well, as you go back and you start watching the film, um, you know, you can you can look at at reasons, you know. And, and if you're a Giants fan, you're going to call them excuses. Um but, you know, I, I don't have a horse or I don't have a, a dog in a fight or, or, or whatever that old saying is. So I don't really care. I'm just looking at <clears throat> mistakes made. Mm-hmm. First drive of the uh, first drive of the game, man, they execute double teams. They I mean, they're driving Dallas off the off the ball. They're getting six yards here and nine yard run here. I mean, they are executing. They drive it all the way down the football field in, you know, in dominant fashion. And then they have a quick false start on a third and two. So it puts him at third and seven. And then the center has a bad snap. The quarterback goes behind him. He's got to run, pick it up. And then you kick a field goal, and it gets blocked and returned for a touchdown. And the next thing you know, the route's on. You know, before you even look up, it's 16-0. Well, when you're 16-0 and you're playing against the Dallas Cowboys in that front that they have, Dan Quinn it does an unbelievable job with them. Well, now I don't care who you are. If you got a pass block on every play in today's NFL against the athletes they have on the defensive side of the ball, you're getting your ass kicked. There's like there's no way about I don't care you can be the best offensive line in football. You're gonna take an ass whooping. 
And that's exactly what happened. And the other thing that ended up happening to them um, is, you know, the unscouted type of looks. Like, there were a lot of really muddy looks from the standpoint of alignment, just alignment. And who's going to block this guy? How are we going to get to this guy? And there was a lack of communication, some muddy looks, and then all of a sudden you get guys that should be blocked. They're all of a sudden on your edge because you're half tick late. You haven't communicated. And, and like I said, the route is on. So the Giants will clean that stuff up. Like, those are easily correctable mistakes. Um, they will clean that up, and you, I guarantee you, you'll get a much better Giants team coming into Arizona this weekend than you saw on Sunday night. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, before we let you go, uh, I'm sure the Colorado State head coach poking Dion is a big story in your neck of the woods. What's going on with that? That Didn't that just sound I, – I felt bad for him. Um, it just sounded like somebody else. It's like when – you know, it's like when a, a player – um, does something incredibly stupid, and his agents craft an apology for him. And you're like, well, there's no way that, like, there's no way that idiot came up with that statement, right? That was written for him. And it's it's the same thing. It was like we got to do something to get some juice on our side. Here, when they ask you something, you say this, you know. And he just sounded. I mean, he sounded completely dumbfounded like oh you know uh, when I talk to an adult and when I talk to an adult I like to take off my hat and glasses because that's what my mom told me to do I'm like there's no way you came up with that that was scripted from the SID what is like Dude, just one thing about Dion is you you may hate him you may love him whatever the case may be but that dude's authentic like mm-hmm. it's real what comes out of his mouth the other guy not so much yeah <laughs> and uh, for for a Dion in a program that's already taken a liking to taking things personally they might win by yeah. 85 points on Saturday it, 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 there's a good chance that happens. <laughs> yeah Mark always a pleasure thanks again for uh, joining us on this Thursday enjoy Arizona and uh, we'll talk to you next week